We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Nathan's a girl on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. What's up, buddy? How you guys doing? Happy New Year. Last day that that can be said, according to Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So it works for me. So glad I can get that in there. And you guys got me in uh, under the deadline. So how does that math work? Is it just the third in general or is it the first work day back after the first? Three days. Three days is the is the statute of limitations, according to LD. So January 3rd, that's it. No, regardless of where it falls on the week. I think we could chop an extra day off. I'm fine with it. Like, and again, I'm not. If you say Happy New Year, I'm not canceling I, I, I'm, New Year's. I'm not even going to listen to me today. Feels like New Year's Day. I, I don't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> it feels like I, I, I was looking at my uh, my app today. I'm like, is there is there college football bowl games on today? <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, it's, I, it's I think tough. everybody's where you are. Nathan, are you where we are? We don't know where we are, when we are, or who we are. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the great Sandu and Billy Mad. What is this? What day is this? October? Let's go. <laughs> Nathan, uh, let's get to the Browns win here. Sure. Um, I, by the way, the first question I had written out for this is, does it feel like Sunday's game was two weeks ago, not two days ago? I think we've already answered that one. Yes. Um, what was the difference between the first half for Deshaun and the second half where we got multiple touchdowns? Well, I think really the, the third quarter and then halfway through the fourth quarter, even more than halfway, the Browns scored with five minutes and 21 seconds left. I think that might have been the best stretch of football this Browns team has played all season long. And as far as the difference goes, uh, I think it was success in high leverage situations, right? The first touchdown to Amari Cooper comes on a third and five, throws a great ball from the far hash to the sideline. Amari makes a play, gets out of a tackle from Fuller off to the races touchdown. Second drive, you have multiple third down conversions, including third and nine, uh, where you from the 13, where you hit the touchdown to Donovan Peoples Jones. Great poise in the pocket, goes through his reads, delivers the ball. And I think it just kind of got, you know, the Amari touchdown got everything kind of snowballing, and the Browns designed some very good things with his feet uh, where they showed kind of their pin pull across formation but instead actually pulled the front side guard and tackled back for a quarterback designed run that picked up 20 then he used a similar kind of action that fooled them where Batonio pulled and actually kicked out blocked the end on the touchdown to Amari so I think it was a matter of confidence scheme and just comfort you know Jonathan Allen goes down we're able to protect a little bit better and he got into a good flow and then all of a sudden I think he wasn't thinking wasn't pressing and it was like he just got into the zone much like the great Donovan Mitchell was in last night and and all of a sudden the Browns three possessions three touchdowns and we're saying yeah this is what it was supposed to be like and it helped with complimentary football great great job by the defense you know get the three and out on the opening drive of the second half we score you get another stop we score and then all of a sudden you know it was kind of off to the races there for the Browns. Nathan, how much credit do we give to the defense, or is it the, the fact that Carson Wentz just stinks? <laughs> I think our D has been getting better, honestly, as the year has gone on. And I really think it started week seven in Baltimore. Now Miami, that was we know that that game did not go well. But in general, I think this defense has started to play better. They made it very difficult on Josh Allen to throw. Now we didn't do a great job stopping the run in that game. Uh, we I just think the defense has gotten better. And you look at, you know, the first eleven games of the season, you had three interceptions. Now you got an interception in five straight games. You have eight of them in the last five games. And so I think the back end, especially Grant Delpit 
over 100 tackles now, leads the team with four interceptions. You know, he started to play really, really well. Uh, MJ Emerson continues to play at a high level, had two passes defensed in this one. Miles is Miles. You know, Denzel, I think, is playing like Denzel Ward again. His coverage on that initial route against McLaurin was unbelievable for the interception. So I think the D is playing better. I would say that, yes, Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz, and, and in high-leverage situations, he has struggled. But this is a guy who last year, you know, threw seven interceptions on the season for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, they couldn't wait to run him out of town. He had 27 touchdowns, seven picks. But, you know, came in two-to-one touchdown interception ratio and comes out of it, no touchdowns, picks a rating of 31.4. So I think we're a very good pass D. I think our Achilles heel all season has been our run D. And I think, you know, one of the big priorities this offseason is going to be to get just a big body in the interior. Now, Deron Payne is a free agent. And if that was an audition he was putting on for the Browns, sign me up. He's been great all year, but 11 and a half sacks now on the season. But I think that's, that's what this defense needs. But I'm not surprised that they played well. I think they've been playing well against the pass for a while now. Deron Payne to the Cleveland Browns would excite yes. me in unmentionable ways, Nathan. Um, <laughs> yes. You mentioned you mentioned Del Pitt. What's been the key to his turnaround here over the last couple of weeks? I think yeah, people forget. Even though he's in his third year, this is really his second season playing, and I think part of it has been you know neither he nor John is a true center field free safety, and so they've kind of split those duties at times. Both are a little bit better close to the line of scrimmage. I think really what, what turned for Grant was just trusting his abilities, trusting that from his landmarks, for example, in cover two, that he could still get to the sideline when he hit his landmark. And early in the season, sometimes he would widen that. He would miss things in the middle of the field, and if you saw the interception, it's because he was on his landmark and still get that seam ball they tried to throw down the middle working against the linebacker and that kind of a Tampa 2 look. So I think part of it is just comfort. Part of it is, you know, understanding his skills. And then part of it's confidence, right? You start to have some success. You start to make some good plays in the pass game. And then you start to believe in yourself. And when, you have, when you're believing, you're not thinking as much. And I think Grant Delpit's made some great, great plays. And in fact, I thought his interception on the post was one of the more impressive ones to track it, to catch it, to get his feet down while being, you know, kind of bumped with the receiver and MJ Emerson. I thought it was excellent. And, and I think it bodes really, really well for him and this Browns defense, though he's kind of evolved as this season has gone on. Nathan, the Browns this weekend, you know, they're not playing for anything in terms of the playoffs, but the Steelers are. And now the Browns have an opportunity here to play spoiler. Who, who would have thought that? Mike Tomlin, after the way they started the season, could yeah. still go above 500 for the 15th straight year. Um, pretty remarkable there. What, what are the Browns playing for this weekend? What are you looking to see? I'm looking for them to sweep the Steelers. Dustin, that hasn't been done since I was 10 years old mm -hmm. in the year 1988. So I would like to see them sweep the Steelers. If they win this game and Cincinnati beats Baltimore, which they will be favored to do, the Browns will be at 4-2, and two have the best divisional record in the AFC North. Now, does did the season go the way you wanted to? No. They're on your schedule every year are the teams in the AFC North. So the idea that you could sweep the Steelers, that you could go 4-2 and two in this division, I think would have to give you a lot of confidence going into next year. You know, we saw in the second half what this offense can be with Deshaun Watson. You'd love to see that continue against a good Steelers defense. But I think you're playing for, number one, to – 
end the Steelers season. Number two, to sweep them, as I said, for the first time in 34 years. And, and number three, to make a statement that I think will be felt in the AFC North about what this team is capable of. Now, we got to handle our business elsewhere, and, and I think we all know the real shame of it is just if one of the games, the Jets, the Chargers, the Falcons, the Saints, even a couple weeks ago, if you won one of those games, this game is completely different, and, and you have a chance to get into the dance. So it, it's a season that didn't end the way you wanted it to, but I think that there is a, a very strong statement that can be made by beating the Steelers, sweeping them, handing Mike Tomlin his first ever losing season. I think those things would carry a lot of weight going forward. Nathan, what's the difference between the Steelers and Browns? Honestly, I think the Browns are a better football team than the Steelers. The Steelers have gotten it done the last two weeks in the clutch, and I think there were a couple games early in the year where the Browns did not, and that's the difference, right? They're one game better than the Browns in the standings. They lost to the Browns the one time we have played them. So uh, that's the difference. They were able to get it done last week and the week before that at the end of games, and, and the Browns early in the season when they had the chance to position themselves you know, for a playoff run, unfortunately, were not able to do that. Nathan, I did want to get to – I there was a, a follow-up I had on the, our Deshaun conversation yep. uh, from earlier here. When it gets to Deshaun, yep. what else is there left for us to see this year that can make us feel better about going into next year? I think in like his, his cut-up would give you that glimpse right now. I don't know that there necessarily is something else to see, but if you go through that second half, let's just take that game in isolation, the second half against uh, Washington. You saw his ability to extend drives with his legs on third down. You saw his ability to influence linebackers and defensive linemen in the run game, which benefits Nick Chubb, who went over 100 yards, which was the first back to do so against Washington since Derrick Henry in, in week five. And you also saw his ability to, on a schemed run for him, take advantage of the Browns' typical kind of pin pull across the formation, but actually pull the front side guards, and he runs for 20. You saw his open field vision, the danger that he can have as a runner. You saw his ability to throw the ball to all levels of the field, including to the from far hash to the sideline with accuracy, even though we started to see that in, in the past weeks as well. So you saw him stay in the pocket, go through multiple reads, get to progressions, and, and deliver the football. I mean, that half in many ways is a microcosm of everything you want. Extending plays, getting out of sacks, making plays off structure, then making plays in structure, throwing great balls when he needed to, what he can do in the run game, not only because of his presence, but then also him carrying the ball. That was that was it. And so you just want to see more of that and know that going into next year, you're going to have the full offseason. You're going to have the full preparation with everybody. And, and that, that what we saw that glimpse there should only get better. Nathan, obviously last night was tragic what, what happened in Cincinnati. Huh. And Nick and I have spent most of the first hour kind of talking about the situation yeah. and you know what, what to do. Um, I, I guess I'll just open it to you. What, what were your thoughts on last night? And did they, did they make the right call postponing the game? Uh, it sounds like they may not even play the game uh, going forward. You know, it was it was eerie. Um, I was I was talking the only thing that I'd ever kind of seen live that made me feel like that was I was watching WWE WWF then I think it was 1999 Owen Hart at the Over the Edge pay per view and you just knew that it was so serious from the players reactions from the fact they kind of formed that human wall so nobody could see Joe Buck and Troy Aikman I thought everybody from a broadcast standpoint in unbelievably difficult situations Buck Aikman Lisa Salters uh, Scott Van Pelt Ryan Clark Booger McFarland I thought had 
did a tremendous job com conveying the seriousness of the situation and also the right perspective that at that point we're talking about life and death. So football doesn't matter. You know, you played, you were a Buffalo Bill. Uh, and, you know, the expectation is for me as a yeah. person who's been with the organization for a decade, right, is that you go to games, you understand that injuries can happen and sometimes catastrophic injuries, whether it be a head trauma, whether it be a, a broken bone, an Achilles, a, a knee. You understand that, that things can happen, but you never go to a game thinking that, you know, life and death could occur. And once you got to that point and it was readily apparent, you know, at that point, all that mattered was, is DeMar Hamlin alive? Will he survive? And that's all that I cared about. I mean, I, I've sat there with my wife. I don't think we talked really for a couple hours. I was listening to everything, hanging on every word, waiting for them to tell me, you know, he is okay. Um, and talking to some of my friends, one of them who's, who's a, a cardiologist and, you know, just trying to understand what was happening and, and waiting and waiting. And, you know, unfortunately, we're still kind of waiting. But the good news is we know that he is at least alive uh, and he is in critical condition in the ICU at a place that is tremendous for, you know, cardiology. And you just hope for the best. But I, I knew I thought it was kind of from the reactions of the players, Dustin, and, and you could tell me what it would be like to be on the sideline there, but it just seemed like at that point, how could you play football? No, no. There, you couldn't. There was, so there was, was the right call. Yeah, the, the emotion, the – whatever it takes to play the game of football, those players didn't have the right state, state of mind. There's no chance they could have played that game. We're just wondering if they're going to be even – can Buffalo play this weekend? And that's the thing. That's the question. And, and you know, what do they do with this game, right? Do they – bump the playoffs back a week and, and eliminate the week between the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl and have just the Bengals and Bills play um, because from a seeding standpoint, you know, things could change. Now, uh, Joe Thomas was on with us on Browns Daily earlier, and he said, you know, he thinks that maybe they will just pretend like as if the game didn't happen, right? So just mm -hmm. wipe it out, not give them ties because – the tie would change winning percentages, things like that, whereas the situation would be still for the Bills. They win and the Chiefs lose. They could still be the one seed. Now it affects the AFC North because it would eliminate any opportunity. Had the Bills beaten the Bengals and then the Ravens beat the Bengals in Week 18, that could have changed who won the AFC North and changed seeding there. I think they're going to have to ask for grace from a team like the Ravens. I think that you know you may even have to – the Bills may say, you know what, just put us in the two seed. We don't care. It's not as important as what's going on right now. Uh, it's a very – obviously, it's an unprecedented situation. Uh, I don't know what the right answers are. I just know that for me personally, I think for most of us, right, all we care about is getting the report that, you know, DeMar is, is – going to be okay and out of the hospital and, and starting to resume a normal life because that's, that's all that matters. And to your point, you know, until the Bills get that news, those players, I don't know how they, they play. Nathan, great stuff, man. Really do appreciate you. And uh, whoever we are, whatever day it is, wherever we are, Happy New Year, buddy. Thanks again. You got it. Thank you, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.